You'll never know if you never go. And I think that's something that we can all appreciate and bring into our lives. Everyone's experience is subjectively different because everyone is different. And when we can step out of that familiarity and go and experience for ourselves, that can lead to a huge amount of personal growth because you'll never know if you never go. Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode, friends. Got a little bit of a different format this week for the episode. I'm going to tell a story and then share some of the learnings and some of the extrapolations from the wisdom gained from a specific experience I had way back in the day, what almost seems like forever ago now. But I think there might be some really interesting things because we're in these really neat times right now where there's been a lot of people who have, um, I guess we could call it, uh, are in career changes or life changes or a lot of movements happening, whether it's a change of vocation, location, relationship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think this is going to tie really interestingly into the effects on identity. But I want to tell the story first and then extrapolate all that stuff out, tell you what wisdom was gained from it. So what's the story, you might ask? Well, you'll never know if you never go. That was a tagline used by the Tourism Bureau or Department or whatever terminology they use down in Australia for the Northern Territory. It was somewhere I had wanted to go for about as long as I can remember. I'd wanted to go to Australia, and specifically to the Northern Territory. And to a lot of people I met, uh, that didn't make sense. You know, dude, you uh, grew up on the west coast of Canada. Uh, why on earth would you want to go to the middle of nowhere in Australia, where it's hot and there's nothing out there, and there's a bajillion things that some people would tell you are very happy to try and kill you the minute you get outside of your vehicle, which is not true. But why do you want to go there? And for me, it was a draw. It's always been a draw. It always will be a draw. The energy out there is amazing. The landscape, the scenery is spectacular. And it's also totally different from the environment around here. I'm a huge proponent of taking ourselves out of a comfortable environment, what we're used to and familiar with, to see what other things are like. Now I say that having been in Phoenix and gone hiking when it's 120 degrees in the summertime when I have been in the Yukon and been snowed on in July, in August. There's a lot of things that uh, don't happen in this part of the world where I currently live, but I think it's incredibly valuable to get out there and experience things for yourself. So on that note, I wanted to go to Australia. And why, you might ask, did I want to go and see Australia? Well, I am a child of the 80s, 
And perhaps you might be familiar with a movie that came out in the 80s called Crocodile Dundee. And I saw that movie and I thought that guy was pretty cool. And I wanted to go to Australia. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see crocodiles. I wanted to see what the birds sounded like. I wanted to see the environment in which that movie was filmed. And I was pretty little when it came out. So this had been on my list of things to do, and I just kept uh, not doing it. I uh, didn't have any good reason to not do it. I just didn't do it. And then a bunch of huge life changes happened to me in 2013, and I decided, screw it, I'm just going to go. So I flew to Australia in uh, February of 2014. And that was an experience in and of itself. Uh, should we go there? We should go there because uh, we can talk a little bit about expectations. Um, so for my entire life, I had been told by different people in my awareness that uh, never, ever fly through LAX. LAX is a terrible airport. You'll get lost. You'll get delayed. It's horrible. So on the basis of that, I actively avoided it at all costs. And uh, on this flight, I actually flew through there. So Vancouver to LA, had a couple hours there, LA to Sydney. Turns out LAX was one of the most fun airports I have ever been to, and I would happily fly through it again, but I had let that one person's opinion and the opinion of a couple others affect my perception for this huge amount of time in my life. I freaking loved LAX airport. I got there. I got to go outside. It was warm. It was pleasant. I had left the uh, pouring rain and you know marginally above freezing hypothermia here and uh, landed in LA. I was in board shorts and a t-shirt outside in February. It's like, this is freaking awesome. Uh, got checked in. Um, the staff were great on the airline I flew with. They gave me a seat right near the back, which turns out was right beside the self-serve snack bar. Freaking awesome. Thank you, Qantas. Hopefully you still have that. Uh, I haven't paid attention to what's going on, but hopefully still have that. And uh, yeah, I spent, God, I think I spent like an hour in the duty-free just walking around looking at stuff and texting my friends saying, did you know you can buy a bottle of scotch for $300,000 in the airport? Wow, how crazy is that? So anyway, it was awesome. But hey, again, what did I say at the start? You'll never know if you never go. But back to Australia, what was happening? So for me, going to see the stuff where Crocodile Dundee was filmed was a big draw. And just going to see Australia and connect with everything was a big draw. And I had done a bunch of research ahead of time, and I found out about this trail called the Lara Pinta Trail. And it's in a national park near Alice Springs, which is about the closest place closest major place you can fly to to get to Uluru, which is one of the world, wonders of the world. And you can Google that and check it out. Uh, formerly known as Ayers Rock, now known as Uluru. Uh, it's an icon. It's also totally worth seeing. You should go there. Trust me. But anyway, that was what I knew is I wanted to hike the Larapinta Trail. And this was the time I had available. And I contacted all the people that were out there. I contacted the National Park to find out about permits and whatnot. And I've learned this uh, subsequently to the email. But uh, when I inquired about details and things to the official government officials, uh, I was told that at best it would be unenjoyable to attempt it at that time of year. And uh, it was also considered incredibly deadly and or suicidal. 
uh, because apparently it gets hot there, which I wasn't super concerned with, but I'm sure that there's a bajillion tourists that go out there and a lot of people are unprepared. And, you know, just like anything here in Vancouver, uh, when it's raining, people get lost on the mountains in Phoenix, people go out in the heat and get heat exhaustion and whatnot. So anyways, these things happen. And anyways, once I got that information, I kind of decided, well, flying by myself, taking minimal equipment with me, because I was going to be gone for a while, uh, I wouldn't have the stuff that I knew I needed to be comfortable in the outdoors or even comfortable like trying to survive in the outdoors. So I just let that idea go. The, the Larapinta will be great. I would love to go hike it one day. We'll see how all these things shake out, but that's still on the list. But that was my goal was to go to Australia, go to Alice Springs and hike this trail. And other than that, I don't know. Let's just see how the chips fall. See what happens. So I leave. I'm in LA. I fly to Sydney. Sydney, I have a day. Uh, I get up at five o'clock the next morning to fly to Alice Springs. And there's like six people on the plane. It was freaking awesome. I loved it. I love flying in Australia. So much easier and so freaking much cheaper than in North America where you get screwed over all the time. You could book a fight the next day. The price was a hundred bucks. You could book it for three weeks. It was a hundred bucks. Wasn't this nonsense that North Americans have. But anyway, that's another story. So I get to Alice Springs and all I want to do is book an Uluru tour. I do my Uluru, Uluru tour. It's pretty cool. I get to go and see Uluru, Katatuta, get to see some really cool things, meet some neat Germans because, spoiler alert, Germans are everywhere, just like Aussies and Kiwis. Uh, and I met some really cool people, hung out for a while, and then I didn't really have a plan for where I was going to go next. All that I knew at that point was I'm sitting here in Alice Springs, uh, kind of like this town, pretty neat place. And I am flying back to Canada uh, in a while. It is totally open. The world is your oyster. So thought I'd stay there for another day or two and just figure stuff out. I had looked into renting a vehicle. I wanted to rent a camper van, and that was prohibitively expensive. So didn't do that. Uh, and anyways, uh, a Dutch woman showed up that day and ended up being in the same hostel room as I was. I was like, huh, well, that's pretty cool. And we just get to talking because, you know, that's what you do at hostels is you talk to people and you get information and you trade things and maybe you go do stuff together, maybe not. Uh, I've heard of plenty of relationships that started in hostels. Um, yeah, they're, they're just cool places. I love them. Anyway, get to talking and uh, turns out that she wants to go camping and she had decided to give herself a day to find a job in uh, Alice. And if she couldn't, then she was going to go drive herself to Uluru, check it out, and then keep going somewhere else and get a job. And I said, well, hey, if you want to go camping, hey, this is what I've been looking at. Why don't we go check it out? So she left to do her thing for the day. I left to do my thing for the day. Got back at about four o'clock and uh, she's standing out front of the hostel with her car and says, hey, I didn't get a job. You still want to go camping? I was like, heck yeah. So I just walked in and I talked to the, the guy who was managing the hostel and I've made a big point in my life to just be friendly with people and polite and connect with them. And I had become, I wouldn't say friends, but acquaintances with uh, the guy who was managing that hostel. And I just said, hey, this has come up, you know, is it okay? Can I pay you some money to store some of my stuff here? And I'll be back in a couple of days. And he's like, yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, and then he gave me his personal set of maps and guidebooks for the Larapinta. I was like, hey, have a great time. And I thought, heck, this is freaking awesome. 
So uh, there we are. It's just getting to be dusk and uh, throw my stuff in the back of the car and uh, we go fuel up and she drives us off uh, towards camping, towards the Larapinta, towards the unknown. And, uh, you know, this is whatever, I don't know, day eight or something of my trip in Australia, probably day six, day five. And, uh, yeah, so we get out there, we, we set up the tent in the dark, I hop in the tent, go to bed and wake up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this country is beautiful. I mean, I had seen the area around Uluru, the drive from Alice and all that. And I was like, it's just so, so different from anything that I know. And not er, in some ways what I had, had imagined in some ways, not at all what I had imagined. So just checking out that it was neat to go because I had driven through it, you know, at significant rate in a bus. It's always a completely different experience to go and walk through something under your own power. You get to see a lot more. You get to smell a lot more. You're engaging with your environment, with your landscape, you're engaging with nature. And again, this was all completely different to me because I didn't grow up in Australia. So all these things are brand new, except for what I've learned watching Crocodile Hunter and <laughs> random nature documentaries. So there we are. And we're just kind of looking around. So we decide, hey, why don't we, you know, from this campsite, drive this way. Why don't we try and camp at this place tonight? But let's go. This place sounds cool. We go for a swim. Then we can go over here and go for a hike and see what happens. And there's no real plan other than, you know, two or three days camping and then head back to Alice. So we drive out and uh, get to this place called Ormiston Gorge. and. That was a really cool experience. So this is where we're going to start to get to the good stuff. We decided to go for a swim. And I had brought my camera. Uh, it had boardies and stuff on. So we park the car and walk out to somewhere that looks pretty good to go for a swim. And this is a pretty sweet place in, in Australia because uh, there's no crocodiles there. So didn't have to be concerned about anything like that because, again, I'm totally out of my element. And we go for a swim. So, you know, go and find a place near the water, put down backpacks and water and snacks and things like that, uh, take clothes off and go for a swim. And uh, at this point in my life, I was wearing a chain. And I had worn this uh, chain. It was actually a dog tag. I had got it made when I moved away. And I had it printed so that it actually had a lot of the information that would be on a military dog tag. I do not have a military background, but it had my name, my blood type, emergency contact phone number, drug allergies, and whatnot. So it was kind of important to me because, uh, you know, that was a, a main connection that I had to anywhere else because I was in Australia. I did not purchase a phone travel plan. I, did, I took a phone and had it on airplane mode. I did not take a laptop. So I was pretty much disconnected from everything in the world for this trip. So, But I had this. This had my name on it, right? Put that down and then uh, go for a swim. We swim for a while, take photos, hang out, do whatever, and then uh, go back to, you know, change and everything. I'm like, oh, hey, this is uh, interesting. I'm going to put my clothes on. And uh, yeah, I ain't got a chain here anymore. Well, that's weird. Because I have no, still to this day, no idea how it disappeared. And as I say that, I don't even know for sure that I took it off to go into the water, but I do have a picture of me 
standing in the water and it's off. So whether it came off when I was in the water, whether it came off when I was pulling my shirt off, I don't know. Crazy. But I get this crazy weird, weird feeling because I have had this chain on every day of my life for about the past almost 10 years. So it's just really weird to not have it there because it had become a part of me. Like, you know, wake up and kind of pull it off when I was sleeping and things like that. Uh, it didn't come off for too many things, but it did come off. Uh, but to not have it at all and to not know where it was, that was a really weird feeling. And the interesting part for me too was that, hey, you know, this is the thing that I have on me not a significant amount of the time that contains a an aspect of my identity. You know, it's got name, it's got context, it's got all that, like the identity. And we're not going to go into it on this episode, but I had just gone through some huge life changes a couple months before that had really called into question a lot of stuff with who are you? What are you doing? What are you here for? And here I am in Australia in essentially one of the middle of nowhere places and that identity is gone, right? That chain, all that stuff that has my name and the things associated with the name and all that, it's gone. Very interesting. And I started thinking about it a little bit and I'm like, okay, well, I've done a bunch of research on Australian Aborigines and I've written papers and things like that. And I was like, I know they traveled by song lines and you know, there's, there's, you read the landscape and do things like that. And I'm like, okay, well, the, am I supposed to just not have this here and just start to read the landscape and trust the landscape? Is this a symbolic and actual, like a literal and a figurative, like toss that identity away? That identity you had before is gone. These things that you did, that job that you had, that uh, place that you were, that's all gone. And this is a fresh start. It was, it was really interesting. Brought a, a lot of things into question. And again, it was a huge transition. So in a way, that was the final, uh, I don't want to say, oh yeah, nail in the coffin, if you will, for that transition. Um, it was a really big closing because all of that stuff connected with that chain that I'd had on for all of those experiences over nearly that past decade. Uh, that was gone. Who was I? Who was I moving forward? Who was I moving into things? You know, it had been a nearly a decade of building a network, building a career, uh, building a life, building everything, and that had evaporated uh, overnight, literally overnight. And just very interesting. So, you know, a really good uh, representation of this is out with who you were and that opened the door for who you are. I realized as well, and, and this is this had all happened, you know, it happened very quickly, and I wasn't kind of paying attention. And we were, we went, we kept driving, we went hiking somewhere else, we went swimming somewhere else, we camped, blah 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 blah. But this was sort of the overarching theme for the remainder of that trip that I took was, you know, who are you? What are the next steps forward? What is what is happening? Where is this transition going? And what was really interesting was by physically losing that piece that chain, that dog tag that had the information on it, it really opened a door because that attachment to the information and to those experiences physically left and energetically left. You know, I was also in an 
arid red rock landscape. So how crazy for me that those are the places that call me. And here I am here just thinking I'm on vacation. I'm going to figure stuff out when I get back and kapow. Whoa. Hey, stop, dude. This is uh, this is an ending and you now have an open book. What is the way you want to move forward? How are you going to move forward? How could you move forward? How can you recreate things? So Super interesting that happened in a red rock landscape, but also how fitting that happened in water. Water is one of the core components of the Chinese medicine cycle. Uh, there's a lot of analogies with water in terms of movement and flow. There's a lot we could go into for some of the wisdom just of water in and of itself, um, but how fitting that this one happened in the water, right? the old literally flowed out the force of water to some degree still can't explain it to this day flowed that old energy out um, water cleans us physically and energetically you can think of washing washing all the stress away with a shower at the end of the day or getting up and you know shaking everything off to start fresh with a new day if you've ever been out backpacking hiking any type of expedition where you haven't had a chance to shower every day or anything like that, you know, you definitely can feel, hey, wow, I had a shower and I just feel different. Something is different. So really, really interesting there. And with that story part, I wanted to tie that into some of the wilderness and some of the wisdom from that experience, because I see a huge analogy to most people would say recreation, but it could also be pronounced recreation in nature. And that was a big part of this for me, was going from that previous life, going out into Australia, the Australian desert, the outback, uh, the Northern Territory. You'll never know if you never go. Not a lot of people go there. Not even a lot of Aussies go there. But to get out there and do that and realize, hey, this life that I used to have was one identity. And I now have the opportunity to create a new one. Perhaps this is something that you see or have in your own life. You know, a lot of people are in a Monday to Friday type of uh, work environment or job. So there you can think of this as, hey, you know, Monday to Friday, you're doing um, whatever it is that you do. You know, you're a nurse, you're uh, a physician, you're a computer programmer, you're a professor, you're a teacher, you're a youth worker, you're a driver. That is one identity. But as soon as you leave that and get around your partner, your spouse, your kids, your friends, there's a different aspect of you that comes out. When you get out into nature, say you're a rock climber, say you're a hiker, say you're a cyclist, that's another different aspect that comes out with that group of people you connect with. So it's really interesting to me how there are a lot of different aspects to our identity. So that physically losing that piece that connected me was a good metaphor and a good way of, of approaching this in a different perspective of how can we look at that in our own lives. So, you know, I know for me, when I am at the uh, place that pays me to do what I do now, that is one identity that is very different from the person that you see playing with small children of friends and family members, the person that you see uh, going to buy a car, the person that you see in a job interview, 
they're all aspects, but they're some parts have been lost and some parts have changed and some parts have moved around. So I wanted to tie this into how our identities can change with our situation or our location. You know, giving a eulogy for someone is very different than, um, you know, having a uh, performance review with a supervisor. You're still the same person, but that identity part that you take on is different. And I've seen so many beneficial things happen for people where, you know, you're you're this person when I defried it, but you get outside and you go climbing, you go mountain biking, you are hiking, you are backpacking, you are camping, and you see this these different core components. I think it's the aspect of being that is coming through in outdoor, in nature sometimes even in wilderness environments you see the core aspects come out and then we have this other part of identity where hey for me to go and do this high-tech job these are the things that they value people maybe don't value it so anyways some random thoughts about that that i wanted to tie into because i think that there is a lot and just this experience for me from physically losing that aspect tying me to one identity it actually opened up the door in a physical way to recreate that, to redirect redirect a life path, a career change to a, a way more aligned with my values, with my personality, with my skill set than what I was doing. And that's not to say uh, anything about the, the previous industry or the previous position or the things I moved into or the things I am now. Uh, it's just to say it was a transition and a change and fascinating how that part came out on an air quote vacation in a place that had called to me for years and years. So maybe this will resonate out with you. You know, if there's something you're thinking about changing, maybe it is, maybe it is getting out of your comfort zone, out of a familiar environment going to do something that might make you a little nervous. Uh, you might feel a little bit of nerves going or not knowing you know, how it's going to play out, but that can be something that ultimately leads to a lot of growth. This experience for me going down there really did catalyze a huge shift in how I approached things, how I viewed things, and even that identity that I took on where I was able to say, hey, these things from that previous life worked. I'm going to bring them and move them forward into what's next. I'm also going to let these other parts go. And, you know, as I mentioned, that was years ago, but uh, here I am now sharing that story a long time after it happened, but it's still something that I think about because we can change our identity. And sometimes it really takes getting out of our familiar environment uh, the nature around us that we we are used to, familiar with, comfortable with, and going to somewhere where we don't know what might happen. We're everything is brand new, and realizing that hey, we actually can take these lessons, we can create new paths, we can make big switches. It's just taking that step to get out of the familiar area and get into something that maybe has always called us that might be a one-day thing. You know, kind of tying this all together, Australia could have been a one-day thing. You know, for me, it was something, as soon as I saw that movie, I wanted to go. And opportunities came up uh, in a variety of ways, and I just turned them down, turned them down, turned them down for no good reason until it was, hey, wow, now I don't, 
really know what's next. Why don't I just go? You never know if you never go. You don't know until you try. Why not try it? And why not uh, know what works for you when you go? All right. Thank you, friends. That is it for today. We are going to smile at these rain clouds and see what kind of sunshine we can pick out. And even remember that ridiculous burn that I got, because guess who forgot that uh, this little part of the world up here is at the 49th parallel and uh, Central Australia is a lot warmer and a lot drier and gets a lot more sunshine than the 49th parallel does in February. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, pretty spectacular couple days there, but dang, I had that tan for the next entire year when I got back. All right, we'll catch you on the flip-flop. Alrighty then, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, friends. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. I hope you get a chance to go outside and breathe in some fresh air, or that you've already been outside and perhaps you're even listening to this at the end of an incredible adventure. If you get a chance, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review at the podcast hosting platform that you found this on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, a whole bunch of other things. Drop a review. That is fantastic. It helps spread the word, share the benefits of nature, and share some of these inspiring and empowering stories of what we can all do when we put our minds toward it. Spring is in the process of springing here where I am. I hope that things are starting to look oh, look brighter, smell sweeter, uh, get warmer wherever you are, and we will catch you next week for another episode.